Welcome to Healthy Her, the podcast designed to inspire women to lead lives filled with health and happiness. I'm Dr. Amy Brenner, your host discussing nutrition, hormones, aesthetics, sexual health, and more. Join us each week as we dive into feeling better, looking better, and living better. Welcome back to another episode of Healthy Her. I am so excited to share this because I didn't know this resource existed. And this is a resource that I know a lot of OBGYNs listen to this podcast as well. So I'm really excited to spread the word. So our special guest today is Alexandra Harbushka. Did I say that right? You got it. Okay. And um, she founded a whole movement, it seems like, called Life with Herpes. And it sounds like it's an online community, a podcast, a website, a YouTube channel, and so many resources for mm -hmm. patients living with herpes. So I am so excited to talk about this. We haven't talked about this on the podcast. And this is a daily conversation that I have with patients. And so I am so excited. So welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm obviously excited to talk about herpes. It's not a topic you like, yes, let me go talk about this. But now, <laughs> like you said, I've created this movement and it's something that I've realized by talking about it has changed lives, have saved lives and has just transformed what a diagnosis can be. So this is probably not something that um, I bet people like to talk about. It's not something no. that people want to share over cocktails or dinner parties. Um, and I got to say, you're probably pretty brave to be out there of, you know, sharing publicly um, the story of herpes. But how did you go from, you know, right. what, what's your story? Yeah. I mean, obviously I was terrified to talk about this. So I was diagnosed. This is so interesting. I have both types of herpes. I have HSV one and HSV two. I was diagnosed with HSV one oral when I was 20. Um, of course I was upset. And so basically I, you had cold sores. I had cold sore. I got a cold yeah. sore. Mm -hmm. And, and, and my experience has been, nobody cares about that. Oh yeah. I got a cold sore. Exactly. exactly. Go ahead. I mean, I was upset that I had, I got it, but, but not long term, you know, it, it didn't, after the initial outbreak went away, it was nothing. It was no big deal. It never got, I never got another outbreak until I was 34. Like it was, it didn't exist in my life, never disclosed, didn't know I needed, didn't disclose. But then at 28, I was dating someone and he didn't know he had HSV2 genital. And so I ended up with that. And that was devastating that was absolutely crushing. It was suffocating. It was, you know, like literally your, your heart had been ripped open. And, and I believed that it, my hopes, my dreams, anything that I had accomplished up until 28 years old, which now looking back, like it's, you're so young, but at that, you don't, you say, Oh my gosh, I'm close to 30. And why would I like, why, why did I go to college? Why did I try to make these decisions that would propel my life that were maybe hard decisions to propel my life. Why did I even bother? Because now I have genital herpes. I have a lifelong STD. I'm never going to be, I'm, I'm going to be worthless. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to have to settle. I'm either going to have to marry this guy or someone that's like a sleaze bag. Um, 
Who told you you had herpes? Did you figure it out on your own or did the doctor tell you? Both. I mean, you, I knew, but I mean, I went to the doctor and pretty confirmed, you know, can't, can't miss it. Um, yeah. So my, my doctor called me and told me, but you know, you can't sit down. I was in so much pain. I mean, the, the whole thing. Um, that's so yeah. harsh. Like, and that's why I, like, I can't wait to, sh- I, I'm so excited about this resource. Cause I know that's pretty much, I think probably how most people feel is it's just so devastating before mm-hmm. we got online. I shared with you, it seems like people take it better when I tell them they have cancer than when I tell them they have herpes. And I hate telling people they have herpes. I hate it. And maybe I, I have as much dread telling somebody they have herpes as I dread when I have a report of cancer and that dread I feel before I walk into the room. I, I hate delivering both of those news. I can imagine. I mean, I can imagine. And I wonder if the difference between herpes and cancer is cancer. It's like, well, it happened to me, right? I didn't, it wasn't a taboo lifestyle choice that I potentially made or did not make that got me here, right? Meaning when I say that sex is taboo, regardless, it just still is that the concept, everything is taboo about it. And the stigma that's attached to having herpes is you slept around or participated in deviant behavior that led you to this. And now you are marked with a scarlet letter. And my assumption is with cancer, it's not you participated in something taboo that was illegal, not illegal, mm-hmm. but taboo that you you didn't make a bad decision. Like breast cancer, you didn't make a bad decision. Yeah, to get breast there's, there's, there's the emotion shame versus mm-hmm. pity or, right. you know, this is so awful. This happened to me versus you did this to yourself. You deserve uh-huh. it. You deserve it. You deserve it. Yeah. yeah. And it, I, I've used this example before is when you are diagnosed with cancer, people stop by with a casserole or something. Oh, can I, can I, you know, they, they, they get the like phone tree out and we're going <laughs> to make this casserole for you this whole month. And when you find out you have herpes, nobody, they're like, Ooh, well, kind of, yeah. you, you deserved it. So did you talk to anybody about it? Did you tell anybody? Did you tell your friends? Did you tell your parents? Mm-hmm. Or to keep it all inside and suffer alone. Uh-huh. I did. So what was very interesting is my my best friend from college, I can't remember if she called me right after or I called her. I was driving when I got the, the diagnosis. And she had been diagnosed with something um much bigger. And she immediate she had a blood transfusion and her, the blood wasn't tested. And she found out later in life. And she had to make calls to past partners. And she said it was horrible, 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 horrible. But her best decision she made was to make that phone call the same day that she got her bad news. Because if you wait six weeks, six months, a year, so you're in a different mindset than if when you just find out the news. So she gave me the advice, you should call your past partners and let them know. And I had known that herpes could have been dormant in my body for years. I didn't believe so because I was tested six weeks to a month earlier and my my uh, my antibody tests were negative. So I was pretty confident it was my new partner, but my new the new guy I was dating. 
Um, but I also, I'm like, well, could, it could, I could have been. I, so anyways, I went back pretty far um, to past men I had dated. And it was very interesting, interesting in those phone calls. Some, like one, one guy in particular that I thought would always have my back was the biggest, well, he wasn't the biggest jerk because the one that gave it to me was the biggest jerk. But it was so interesting to have that disclosure and say, hey, this just happened. I just got this. I'm I'm letting you know you should go get tested. Um, I, I don't think it's from you because I was just tested, you know, six weeks ago and I was negative. But hey, public service announcement, go get tested. And just reminder that you should get tested more often. And so it was very interesting. I made those calls that day. Um, and then at that point I was 28 years old. I was in a, I was having a hard time financially and with work and all these things piled on top of me and, and dating. And then I got herpes. So I was living at home. So my parents could tell something was up. I just wasn't, I wasn't myself. So they kind of could tell as well. And so I told them and I told a couple of friends and, um, yeah, it, no, nobody knows what you're going through unless they've gone through it. So people can sympathize. Like, for example, you, you're saying you tell people they have cancer. Unless you've had cancer, you don't know what it's actually like to receive that information. You don't know what it's like. So my friends were were there for me, but they also hadn't gone through it. Did anybody say, you know what? I do too. I'm so glad you told me. I never told anybody. Did you have that conversation where people I had that to you because you were sharing? Down the line, I did. Down the line. Um, but it still didn't change the fact that I had it. And were you with your boyfriend at the time? And and how, how were your feelings towards him? Not great. not great at all obviously um I was angry I was livid it was someone I had known for a very long time and so I trusted him um but he didn't he didn't know I mean that's 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 as much as I know he said he didn't know so um and I was like how could you never have been tested for herpes when you get your STD test I knew you had to ask for herpes but it's not included and people don't know that so he'd never been tested for herpes um, yeah, I was I was really angry, but not only was I angry, I think my humiliation and and lack of confidence was far less than my anger, like my or, or far far superior to my anger. I was so humiliated and felt like I didn't deserve anybody better that I stayed with him. That makes sense. I was too scared to move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned you felt like, well, I have to stay with this guy because to do the right thing, I have to tell people this in the future before I become sexually active. So mm-hmm. I might as well just stay with this guy. Mm-hmm. Right. Did you say, is, is, are you married now? I'm married. Yep. Is it <laughs> not to him? him? Not to him. <laughs> yeah. So how did you go from that like low point to obviously um, you, uh, pulled yourself together. And not only did you kind of get over it, but you actually turned uh, lemons into lemonades. So exactly. So I mentioned I was 28. I was, I was turning 30 eventually. And I thought to myself, I do not want to be 30 and still dating this guy and dealing with the stigma. And I realized that at that point I hated, I, I didn't trust men. I was angry at men. 
Um, I felt like I, I was like, I can't turn 30 and still have this because then I will either be single or I will attract someone else just like him or someone, you know, that just, just you, you stay in that, that, that whirlwind of anger, resentment, or I would find somebody else that might be a toxic relationship, right? So I thought, okay, I have to make changes. I call it my Eeyore phase. We know Eeyore and Winnie the Pooh. He has a rain cloud over him. He, his, he's depressed every day. And that was me. And I thought I cannot go into the next decade like this, you know? And, and so I started making little changes and I started, you know, um, understanding, you know, anger and understanding resentment and understanding all these emotions that I felt like I had for two, two years. Um, I started going to acupuncture and, and doing other things to help my body with this herpes diagnosis. And upon turning 30, I completely, I broke up with him. I moved, I paid off my debt. I like all these things kind of fell into place and, and, and getting herpes really forced it. It, it forced me, it got worse before it got better, but it forced all those changes. And I decided at 30, I'm like, I can't, I don't want to, I don't want to marry this guy. So I don't want to waste any more time. Um, so then I, you know, I moved on and I dated and, and I really like to use the example dating doesn't mean sleeping together. So I dated a lot. I dated many, 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 many men. I had a really fun time but I wasn't sleeping with them. Right. So we think that, okay, now you have herpes. You can't date. You think now you have herpes. You can't have sex. We think now you have herpes. You're going to have to date someone or marry someone with herpes. You think now that I have herpes, I'm always going to have to use a condom. And these are things that we, we think. And when you start working on you and start working on your boundaries and your expectations and what you want in a partner and just have fun, it will all start to fall into place. So I really want to clarify that. Do you think it changed um, maybe how you would be in a relationship of I'm yes. going to be, you know, maybe before I had herpes that I might've been more intimate with them or sexually active with them sooner? For me, no, I was never a quick, soon, fast intimacy However, I, I would laugh and laughing now. Like I remember I disclosed to one guy not wanting to sleep with him, but I disclosed like, I'm like, I have to practice this. And I remember like, I start crying. Um, so that was one I'm like, okay, I clearly need to keep practicing this. I got to the point where I thought to myself, oh, I'll just use the fact that I have herpes to get out of having sex. Like, oh, that'll be an easy, the date was nice. I don't really want to tell you that I don't like you. So I'll just tell you I have herpes and hope that you don't call again. And like, it would backfire. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So a lot of Yeah. So how did those care. conversations go? Eventually people. Yeah. So, some, some, most, I'm trying to, most were like, thank you for telling me. Oh, can, can we know more? How do we work through this? Um, and I'm like, I didn't really want to work through this with you. I was telling <laughs> you in hopes that this was the last date. Now I had to come up with something else. Um, a lot of times I learned that, hey, I have no desire in ever seeing you again, or like it was a great date, but I'm not interested in, we just don't mesh long-term. So there was no reason to even have a conversation. So many times we think, oh my gosh, I have to tell this person before I go on a date because they need to know. And 
I use the example of the commercials that we've seen of women trying to lose weight and they have the the scale like on a ball and chain and the woman's like going to a restaurant and she's like pulling the scale and that's it's like usually like a weight loss commercial or something. And that's how we feel about our herpes is like, I can't go on a date. And you're like bringing your herpes with you on a date. And it's like, I can go out on a date. I can go for coffee. I can go get ice cream. I can go to, for a walk on the beach. I can do all these things. I don't need to disclose I have herpes because I'm not going to expose you. Yeah. At what point when you actually said, you know what, I actually do want to be intimate with this person. Mm -hmm. How, how did those conversations go? So, or by that point where you're like, you know, I, I practice this, I'm good with this. Like I'm comfortable. Cause I would imagine the first time that you're, you're using it not to get rid of somebody, but you actually want to tell them yeah, when, when it, that would be scary. Yeah. When it, when it mattered, when it was someone that I was interested in. Yeah. It was scary. Um, because you understand that rejection as possible at the time. I didn't realize why the rejection really happens. Now I understand why it happens, but the rejection happens for three reasons. In my opinion, one, the person isn't emotionally mature to have this conversation. Um, it's the, it, when you tell someone you have herpes, it's like, ew, gross, get out of here. It's like that type of response. Like they're just not emotionally mature. And it doesn't matter your age. It can be any age. Two, they're just, there's a deep belief. It's like a deep rooted belief that this is not okay for you to have herpes. So meaning I use the example of religion. If you had someone of Jewish faith and someone of Catholic faith, faith they're never going to agree on the concept of religion. It's just never going to, there's a huge missing concept there, right? So just there's a deep rooted belief that herpes is not okay. Or three, the person is not into you. And so all three kind of hurt. The third is the most that the person's not into you. Um, and so at the time when I would, this, I'm thinking of one particular situation, I knew that if I disclosed and he wasn't okay with it, he wasn't the right person for me. And that was okay. It was still going to hurt, but I believed that, that whoever that that's one time I'm thinking that he wasn't the right one for me. And I disclosed and he was okay with it and we ended up dating for two years and it was fine. Um, when but, it didn't yeah. go your way and the person said, yeah, I can't do this. Did you ever think like, you know what? I'm not going to share this anymore. No, no. Cause I held it in for two years and I stayed in a relationship for two years and I, I had crossed over that, that threshold of like, okay, I'm not going to go back to that situation. How did you get to the point where it's now, not only do you tell your uh, partners, but now it's really out there. You're telling, you're telling the so, world. So, so interesting enough. So my, my husband, but he was my boyfriend at the time. I was asked to speak at a podcast conference. This was in 2017 and it asked us to share something vulnerable. And, and it was, so, so I prepared the whole PowerPoint presentation. And I was talking about how I was in debt in my twenties and had to move home. And I do the whole thing. I sh share it to my husband and he's like, okay, that was good. But like everyone in their twenties gets into debt and like, it's kind of, <laughs> okay. You know, it wasn't that deep. And he's like, you should share about your herpes diagnosis. And I looked at him. I was like, are you crazy? You want me to publicly? I'm like, absolutely not. And he said, Alexandra, that's who you are. You definitely want to help people. And by doing this, you will help people. And I thought, okay. 
So I got on stage at a podcast com- conference in front of hundreds of people. It was live streamed. That like was a new concept in 2017. And I shared it and it was like, you know, like your heart's about to drop. And I did that. And I realized that when I did that, it helped so many people in that room, whether if they had herpes, they're like, wow, thank you for sharing this. The people that didn't have herpes said, I don't have herpes, but I have my own whatever, right? I have my own, whatever it is, my own secret that is holding me back and creating my own glass ceiling. And I realize I need to work more with that. You like be more okay with that. So that's when I decided to launch life with herpes. That was in January, 2017. And I launched it May, 2017. What's great about your channel is um, when I was looking at it is it has a lot of information. So I thought maybe um, for people that don't know much about herpes, your channel has a lot of stuff about the physical aspect of herpes, some treatments for herpes, um, and then the mental um, mm-hmm. and emotional aspect of herpes. Do you care if we go through just some of the highlights of what you'd want people yeah. to know about herpes? Um, I would say the first one is, is I think um, now in your case, you said, look, I knew I had it, but I think a lot of people come to the doctor and they think, I have a, I have a, a razor cut. I, I, I cut myself shaving. Uh-huh. I have a yeast infection. So let's just talk through like, how do you know if you even think you might have herpes? And that's the thing is 90% of the people with genital herpes are never diagnosed. And that's a really scary number because you have, and then it shows up at some point in your life, whether and it's in a marriage, for example, and then you, you go to the worst case scenario of like, oh my gosh, my spouse is cheating on me. And it's like, no, 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 no. This could have been here for decades before you had your initial outbreak. So I would say some things, some reasons why it gets misdiagnosed is it can look like a, you nicked yourself shaving. It can't, it can look like a paper cut. It can be one blister. It can be a cluster of blisters. You can also have a yeast infection or something else going on. And it's like, well, I just had such a bad infection. It just, the whole thing looked bad. Um, or it can be extremely minor and not even realize it. Um, it can be nerve pain. It can be itchy. It can be um, tingly. And so those can be signs of a herpes outbreak. And if you've never been properly diagnosed, you may think like, oh, I just have a bite here, but I was just out camping. And so I must have a bug bite or, oh yeah, there's this little kind of, you know, paper cut, but it must've been cause I just shaved or I just got waxed. Um, the other thing that's really important that we think when we have the idea of genital herpes, we think specifically genitals and it can be anywhere kind of in that box or region. So it can be like, for me specifically, it's now on my tailbone hmm. and yeah. it didn't start out there and that's where I get it now. Um, so people will think like, oh, this thing on the back of my hamstring, it's, it looks kind of funny. It really hurts, but I don't, I don't know what yeah. it is. It and, can be and I think herpes. a lot of people think like, okay, well, if it's still there in a week or two, then yeah, I'll go I'll to go. the doctor. Mm-hmm. But even if you do nothing, it's probably going to go away. So it's probably, if you have that mentality, it's not going to be there in a week or two. It does go away. That is the nice thing about it. It goes away untreated. 
However, you still have the virus and it can pop up at any time and you can still transmit it to other people. And majority of the people that have it are asymptomatic, as I'm sure, you know, and, and, and people don't know they have it or they hadn't, they, they have oral herpes and they used to get cold sores as a kid and they haven't had oral herpes outbreaks since they went to prom and now they're in their fifties. I don't think they need to even discuss that. And that could be transmitted to a partner by yes. doing so things let's with just, mouth. Let's stop there. Cold sores are herpes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. So when people say, oh, I get cold sores when I go on vacation and I get in the sun, that's herpes. That's herpes. And yes. that can be sexually transmitted. Yes. So it's, yeah, it's, it, yes, it can. Um, so, so yeah, those are just some important things to realize. If you have any sort of like tingle or bump or, or anything, just, just go get a blood draw, get it swabbed, get your blood drawn um, and see if you have it. It's, it's important to know. I know, I know most people would rather, like you said, you, you don't want to, you don't want to tell people they have herpes, Yes, but I think it's better to know, especially if you're pregnant, you're going to want to know. So from a um, prescription drug um, standpoint, there are some antivirals, but what I really like about your podcast is you also talked about some natural therapies. I, I watched your video of using essential oils and, and some supplements because although there, there is a place for antivirals to reduce transmission and shorten that outbreak when it's really bad, um, not everybody wants to take a antiviral every day. So what are some of your favorite go-tos for treatments? I would say number one is just look at your lifestyle. Because for me, I've learned that I get outbreaks when I don't have a lot of sleep, when I burn the candle from both ends. And if I had that like adrenaline going through my body, like I like to use the example, like you're studying for a final or something like just that adrenaline of like, I have to get this done. So I would number one, just look at your lifestyle. And if you're the type of person that you're like, wow, I didn't realize I really had a lot going on or it's seasonal. Maybe you're an accountant and the seasons that you're just, I'm super stressed or that you get outbreaks. So look at some lifestyle things. Like I know someone in my community, she goes, when it comes to Christmas shopping, it never fails. I don't do Christmas shopping anymore. I send my husband, like I just, that causes herpes outbreaks. So look at your lifestyle and see if there's a pattern. Um, but then next, I, I definitely like to, supplement with supplements. So anything that you can do to boost your immune system is going to be core. It's going to be, that's, that's really where it, it all starts, but specifically for herpes, we're going to talk about L-lysine. It's an essential, uh, it's a, it's a essential amino, um, acid. Amino <laughs> acid. Yes. Thank you. I was like, essential oils and like acid, essential amino acid, it's a protein that our body needs, but at the same time, it helps block the replication of the herpes virus. The virus does not like it. It's like a fire extinguisher to the herpes virus. So by either supplementing it in your diet, by eating high lysine foods or supplementing with actual supplements can, can help, especially if you have an outbreak or you feel an outbreak coming on. Yeah. I love that approach. So um, uh, I'm a huge supplement advocate. So I think that uh, things like vitamin D, um, mm -hmm. just general immune support of a multivitamin, a probiotic, because 80% of your immune system is in your gut. So having mm -hmm. a healthy gut helps with a healthy immune system. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what about the mental 
aspect of it. Um, how would you coach somebody when they're first diagnosed to go from that, like, oh my mm -hmm. God, my life is over to turning it into a positive of, you know, you can live with this. So I get really excited when someone joins my community and we start going on this journey, right? And I'm not excited that, that they have herpes by any means. I'm not excited, but I'm very excited for the transformation that's going to happen to this person. And one of the things that I learned and that the people in my community learn is by get, being diagnosed with herpes now, nobody wants outbreaks. No, it's, it's, they're not fun. But by being diagnosed with herpes, it has forced you to become the person you were supposed to be faster. And what I mean by that is that I look back and I get, I was 28 and I thought I was healthy at the time. And I thought I was confident at the time. And I thought I had, like, I, I stood up for myself. I thought all those things at the time. And what I realized is I wasn't being very healthy. I wasn't, I was binge eating at the time. I thought I was healthy, but I wasn't right. So I had to change that. I was like, I got to get my health in order because if I'm not, if I'm yo-yoing and health, I'm not going to get out. I'm going to get outbreaks. Right. Um, I, I cleaned, so cleaned up my diet. Um, I also realized that I had to gain my, I had to re-fall in love with myself. I wasn't loving my, that was gone. If I look back at pictures, I was gray. Like I didn't, there, there wasn't color. You know, you're just, you can see someone when they're going through something, like you you could see it. Um, so I had to re-fall in love with myself first and believe in myself first in order to move on. And so that comes, I learned I had to be more, I had to stand up for myself more. And if there was something I didn't like, then I had to be okay with moving away from that in a relationship. Um, and, and so all these transformations occur and I see that in my community with people. And it's, it usually, it took me two years. It now takes the people in my community average of like six months. And it's so exciting to see that transformation. And the, the, the two, the two pillars that we really, really work on and it, it's continuals. Number one, practicing forgiveness. So no matter how angry we are at our partner, it does not matter how angry we are, we have to forgive that partner, whether our partner knew or did not know. If our partner didn't know, our partner didn't know, like they didn't know. If our partner knew, I can still understand that betrayal aspect, but we have to forgive that person because that person wasn't in the right, they, they were dealing with their own stuff and they weren't able to disclose. So you have to forgive them for being where they were in their life that they couldn't disclose that to you. Then you have to forgive yourself, right? Because it's so easy to say, okay, well, I forgive the person that I didn't know, but I, I'm still mad at myself because I knew better. I should have used a condom or I knew that I shouldn't have had a one night stand or I knew that I should have, and I forgive myself. And it's like, you, you have to forgive yourself. That's equally as important as forgiving that person. Have to forgive yourself. And then the next pillar is take responsibility, so you chose to be in that situation. You chose, like I chose to date him. I chose to be intimate with him. I chose not to ask him to get tested prior to sleeping with him. And I chose to trust that, of course, he didn't have anything because I trusted him, right? And those were my choices. Nobody forced me to be in a relationship with him, right? So, so we'd have to take our responsibility. Otherwise, we fall into the victim mindset. 
so again, and those things, they go in, in waves and they pop up and they come down, especially when you get an outbreak and you're like, ah, I just want to go teepee the, the person's house. And I'm like so <laughs> upset. And I'm like, hey, let's go back to forgiveness. <laughs> forgive, yeah. forgive, forgive, you know, so those are Let, big let's things. Let's talk about tra tra um, transmission. I think there's a lot of yeah. um, misunderstandings. So let's talk about transition for somebody that's single and mm -hmm. not in a relationship of what should you do to how to how to prevent getting herpes and um and then we could transition to um a married couple mm -hmm. of if one partner has herpes or if neither have herpes and then there's a a diagnosis many years into the marriage so let's first talk about the single person of yeah how do you how do you prevent this how are you on the lookout for this so I would say if you are single and are obviously not looking to pick up herpes along the way, <laughs> I I would require that your partners get tested. So I that's the best way to prevent transmission. And and I know that doesn't sound sexy. It's hard in the heat of the moment. And we may not like what I'm saying is I didn't have the confidence prior. I, I would have never had the confidence to ask someone to get tested. Like that means that- And, we'll and are you saying blood testing for antibodies? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think the utility of doing a swab when you don't have an out active outbreak is pretty pretty useless. Absolutely. So. Yes. I would say if you are going to be intimate with somebody new, I would say the both of you should go get tested and then you should look at your results. Because yep. so many things are different for men and women. Things can be asymptomatic and herpes can be dormant. And you may be like, I, I don't have this. And then I can't tell you how many times, and I'm sure you hear it too. People go, well, I was with my partner for 20 years and it showed up. Yeah. How'd this happen? Now the issue is statistically, chances are at least one, if not both people are going to come back with positive antibodies. Mm -hmm. um, Especially what are, the older what we get. Yeah. So, um, what do I don't, what are you telling people the statistics of what the percentage of the population that has herpes is? So I like to say 80%. Yeah. And here's, I'd here's say, where I, I'd say it's higher, but I'd say it is too. I'd say it's almost a hundred percent, but, uh, mm -hmm. I don't think people are really coming in asking for the herpes blood test. So they're not. So two out of three statistically have HSV one. And that's most commonly associated with oral herpes. However, as we know now, there's many, many, many people getting it genitally. So genital HSV-1 is just as common as HSV-2. And HSV-2 is one out of six people. Um, so roughly 67% are testing positive for HSV-1 and 13% are testing positive for HSV-2. Again, people are not getting tested. So I think that's way higher. Yeah. So you're dating somebody, you do the responsible thing. You both go get blood tested. And one of you comes back that you have positive herpes antibodies. Now, what do you do? So the best thing, so I have found that when you're able to have this conversation up front and, and both parties are aware that the, it's there, you guys can then set up what you want to do as a couple to avoid this transmission. So if you guys want to use condoms, great. You guys have agreed to that. Every situation is going to be different. You know, do you want to have the person that has the antibodies to be on the antiviral? Cause that lessens the transmission by 48%. Great. If that's what you want to do, great. Do you want to boost your immune system, find ways to boost your immune system, both immune systems, 
great. Um, are you going to just kind of dance around it? Great. Um, I kind of use the example as birth control. Every relationship at some point no longer uses birth control, right? If you just get to either an age, you get to a point in your relationship, you get to a point like, yeah, pregnancy happened. It'd be okay. Like you just kind of get to that point. And so I would say every relationship is going to be different. There's people that are saying, hey, it's brand new. I think the best thing is to be on the antiviral. Awesome. Some people will say, you know what? The condom's really going to be the best thing for us. Awesome. I want people to remember though, the condom is great for fluid-based STDs, right? It protects the fluid where herpes is skin. So the virus HSV does not live in our bodily fluids. It is skin to skin transmission. So you can use me as an example, someone that has outbreaks on my tailbone, my husband and I can use a condom all we want, but my tailbone is still exp exposed. Yeah. And most people are having general skin to skin contact before they actually put a condom on. I hear that. Well, I always used a condom and I'm like, okay, it probably wasn't always correct. And foreplay is skin to skin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you know, or what, what do you tell people is, so somebody comes back with a blood test, but, and maybe they've never even been sexually active, but they get cold sores and, you know, mm -hmm. you got that from kissing, you got that from your grandma kissing you. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of those things can happen, which is why I feel like in, it, in the reality, it's almost impossible to avoid herpes. It It's, it's, I love that. It is impossible to avoid herpes because people will ask me all the time on my lives and they're like, yeah, but you know, it sounds like you're just trying to justify it. I'm like, I'm not. No. I'm I mean, not. Like that's why I'm like, everybody has herpes, whether you know it or not. And yeah. sharing cups, grandma kissing you, grandma kissing you when you were an infant. Mm -hmm. We get so concerned as women that, oh my gosh, I'm going to transmit this during delivery. And I'm like, yes, that is a concern. There's no way around that. However, your bigger concern is after delivery because that baby is now going to be exposed to grandma, to everybody. Right. right? And it's just not realistic to say like, oh, don't kiss my baby. Right. Like, <laughs> right. People ask me all the time, do you kiss your son? Like your son obviously has herpes, right? I'm like, my son does not have herpes. And yes, I kiss my son. And yes, I'll get in the shower with my son. And yes, I'll get into bed with my son. And yet all these things, you know, and and I said, it's far more damage to my three-year-old to not kiss him, excuse me, than to, oh, I might give him herpes. He He's exposed to it, not just from me, but by, he goes to preschool. He's exposed, like it, it's out there. Yes. Sharing drinks. I mean, mm -hmm. who doesn't yeah. do that? Like right. everybody does that. Right. So let's talk about the married couple is okay. they're, they've been together or even any, even not married, but a couple that's been together for many, many years. And then all of a sudden somebody has genital herpes. So her, as I mentioned earlier, and the reason why I disclosed and went back a couple of years to partners is I did know it could be dormant in my, in your system. And that's the thing about herpes. We're not getting tested for it. We may have gotten STI testing, but herpes is not included unless you specifically ask for it. So in so many occasions, it can be dormant, or again, you had it as a kid and didn't even know what you had was herpes. And now 20 years into a marriage, one of your spouses, one of, one of you has it. And it just either the person got it before 
from a past relationship and it was dormant or one of the spouses has it and it's asymptomatic. Yeah. And they transmitted it unknowingly. Yep. And people I, I say, have a, how did this happen all of a sudden? Uh-huh. I'm like, because your immune system now is not as strong and mm-hmm. now it's coming out. Mm-hmm. So it's happened with newborns, like one of the, you know, a, a dad that's like, I have a two week old baby and I got my first outbreak and how, where did this come from? And I'm like, well, obviously you're stressed, <laughs> you know, like obviously you're in a stress state. I have, the, I have a great story. There was a woman, um, I was talking to her daughter, but she was 80 years old and got her first outbreak. Her husband had been deceased for 15 years. She had only been with her husband and she's like, I'm 80 and I have HSV2 genital. How did this just appear? She, it was her first outbreak. She picked yep. it up somewhere. Yep. You know, I see that happen all the time and it's just a hard conversation. So, um, so I love that you have this resource. Can you give people a little bit more details of what services you offer? And I just did a high level overview of what I found on your YouTube, but thank you. Yeah. Well, when I was diagnosed in 2011, it was very sterile. It was, you go to CDC, you go to Planned Parenthood, you go to WebMD. And it was just a very sterile bullet point thing. And I was like, okay, I'm more than bullet points. And it just left me feeling, okay, how do I live? How how do I date? How do I do this? So when I created Life with Herpes, I wanted it to be obviously very informative, but I didn't want it to feel sterile. I didn't want it to feel like a death sentence. I didn't want it to feel like any of those things. And I wanted to bring color and life and literally A to Z about what it's like to live with herpes. So I have a YouTube channel. I have my website, which has hundreds of blog posts. I have thousands of videos on YouTube. And um, I have what I'm most proud of is I have this community and people from all over the world, all different ages, all different languages and and it it they come together and they 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 are transforming one another and that's what i'm most proud of as this community when you are diagnosed to support one another we have live two live calls every week and just seeing that transformation happening is is what's like the best part so um I have also some wellness products if you want some topical natural wellness products as well to help you through outbreaks. Um, but I, like I said, like my, 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 the best part is just this, it's the secret society. It's the, it's the support group. I do yeah. have um, a download if anybody is, has herpes or being diagnosed with herpes, it's outbreakremedies.com. It's free. It's 21 pages and it walks you through, okay, you were just diagnosed. Now, now what, what do I oh, need to that's know? Great. We'll definitely mm-hmm. link that in the show notes for everybody. So great. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for your courage. I'm I'm certain you have helped thousands, um, if not mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of people living with this um, and uh, have just basically normalized it for people. Mm-hmm. So uh, that it's not a death sentence that people, I think, feel not. like when when they're in my office and I'm telling them this. So. Thank you so much for doing what you do. Well, Any last words? What, what we do? Any last say, words? I would say yes. Whatever, you know, my 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 personal 9-11 was being diagnosed with herpes. And that may not be your situation. You may have something else. Don't let this hold you back from your from your life. You only create your own glass ceiling. 
So what I'm saying is I didn't want to let this microscopic virus win and tell me who I had to marry and tell me who I had to become. I wasn't going to be less than this microscopic virus. So that was my situation. Don't let whatever situation you have in front of you hold you back. Beat it. Go above it. That's great. We'll just end on that because that was such a high note. Thanks for listening to Healthy Her. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a quick five-star review on your podcast platform. Your feedback means the world to us and helps others discover our show. Do you have questions or want to discuss a particular topic? You can reach us by emailing ask at dramybrenner.com or calling 513-204-8403 and leaving a voicemail. We might feature your question or comment in an upcoming episode, so don't miss out on the chance to be a part of the conversation. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. We appreciate your support and can't wait to have you back with us next time. Take care and remember, your healthy herd journey begins with you. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute medical advice, the practice of medicine, nursing, or other healthcare services. No patient-physician relationship is formed. The information in the podcast and any references, material, or links are at the sole discretion of the listener and not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should not delay or disregard obtaining medical advice for any medical diagnosis or issue issues that they may have and should seek medical care or advice from their healthcare provider for any such conditions.